Welcome to a nonfiction story cast about people in Seattle who built churches and how they did it. I'm Cindy Safranoff. I'm the author, and this is Dedication, building the Seattle branches of Mary Baker Eddy's church, a centennial story. Part 2, Episode 6. Tenth Church Dedication, 1929. Even before the Christian Science Churches in Seattle started to implement the plan of paying off church mortgages through the Joint Dedication Committee, one more church became debt-free. Two weeks after Third Church held its dedication services, Tenth Church was dedicated. Tenth Church sent a simple announcement cards to the other Christian Science churches in the area, like what Third Church had done. Christian scientists in the area were invited to two services on Sunday, December 8, 1929, at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. It would be a long trip for most of the Christian scientists in the area to attend the special services. Tenth Church was in a rural area at the southernmost end of the Seattle region. Eventually, the property would have a street address, 14925 22nd Avenue Southwest. But at the time of the dedication, the location was simply called Seahurst Park. There had been some question about whether this church should be called a Seattle church since Seahurst Park was not within Seattle city limits. It was not within any incorporated city or town. While not yet officially a city park, Seahurst was used for outdoor recreation. Picnics, beach combing, fishing, horseback riding, and such. When the Christian Science Society at Seahurst Park reincorporated as a Church of Christ scientist, they sought advice on their location name from a local attorney and the Washington Secretary of State. They received their mail from a Seattle post office, and all of their members were listed in the Seattle telephone directory. There was an expectation that eventually Seattle municipal boundaries would expand to include Seahurst Park. However, this unincorporated area would never be annexed by Seattle. Instead, it eventually became part of a new city called Burien. But in 1929, Seattle was the nearest incorporated city, and so this small congregation became Tenth Church of Christ Scientist, Seattle. The Seahurst Park edifice was one of the most modest of all the Christian science churches in Seattle. It was a wood-framed chapel with a peaked roof, reminiscent of an old New England meeting house. Outside, the vertical wood siding was painted ivory white, and the double-hung windows on either side of the double entrance doors had 16 small panes and decorative shutters painted cobalt green. This modest meeting house was on the summit of the hill, commanding a sweeping view of Puget Sound. Surrounded by trees and shrubbery, the building was described by a news reporter as presenting an appearance of quiet, restful dignity. 
Inside, no plaster was used. The 200-seat auditorium had beamed ceilings of clear cedar wood, stained driftwood gray, and gray seats, almost severe in its simplicity. It was lit by a colonial-style chandelier and decorated with rose velvet draperies. The members had been working on beautifying the grounds since October when they decided to dedicate the church. They were just then finishing up a major remodel of this building, their second. The Seahurst Church began in 1919 when 25 people started meeting in the home of Effie I. Kane to hear the Christian Science Bible lesson. At first, the informal group had different readers every week, and Mrs. Kane's young son played the piano for the hymns. After several months, Gertrude Ross formally organized the group as a Christian Science Society. They moved into a small portable building, a former residence that had been converted into a grocery store, which they fixed up and converted into a church by building a platform and reader's desks using donated lumber and labor. Thirty-five people attended their first public service on Sunday, February 15th. 1920. Mrs. Ross was their first reader, and Mrs. Clara W. Sprague was second reader. There were ten young students at their first Sunday school session. While their new space served its purposes, they almost immediately started working towards having a better, more permanent church. In April 1920, they formed a building committee. The next month, they purchased a building site for $1,000, Lot 17, in the Genevieve Park edition. They hired prominent residential architect Edwin J. Ivey, who was known primarily for traditional styles, especially English Revival. The building was constructed over several months in 1923 by A. Tornquist. The cornerstone was laid on May 8, 1923, they were holding services in their new church by August, and construction was complete the first week of October. In total, the building cost them just under $4,000. On the evening of Thanksgiving Day, they hosted their first Christian Science Lecture by John Randall Dunn. The appreciative audience at the lecture overflowed the little church, and the inspiration of that special day of gratitude was remembered and cherished by members long after the event. Five years later, in 1928, they needed to expand their Sunday school. Mr. Ivy designed an addition to the building to complement the original design, a 14-foot extension in the front of the building and a 7-foot extension at the rear. This addition increased the building value to $7,300. For the first phase of building, they borrowed $2,500 from a bank. For the second phase, they borrowed from a special fund established under the will of Mary Baker Eddy that was administered by the Mother Church in Boston. To dedicate their edifice, they had to pay off both loans— Notwithstanding their remoteness from Seattle, Tenth Church supported the Seattle Joint Activities, 
including Christian Science Reading Rooms in both the Schaefer Building and the Maynard Building. They were participants in the joint dedication efforts of the Seattle churches from its beginnings as contributors, not recipients, in however modest amounts they were able to collect from their small congregation in their 200-seat church. Even with their active participation in the Seattle joint activities, they were able to pay off their mortgage. At the 10th Church Dedication Services on Sunday, December 8, 1929, First Reader Laura E. Ellis read their telegram to the Mother Church. Second Reader Ruth Marthaler read their dedicatory statement. We, this day, with humility and love, dedicate our Church to the service of our Father, Mother, God, and consecrate ourselves to the expression of this healing truth in our lives. The fact that Mrs. Marthaler was serving as a reader in a Christian science church represented a significant change of heart for her. Only a few years earlier, she had wanted nothing to do with Christian science. Trained as a medical nurse, she considered prayer-based healing to be a joke. She had lost all interest in religion and had nothing but criticism for Mary Baker Eddy. But she had recently testified of overcoming both prejudices against Christian science and vision problems. After struggling with her eyes for years, at times going months without being able to read at all, she no longer needed glasses. She had also recently overcome a long list of other problems through prayer. Now, instead of ridiculing Christian science, she was publicly supporting it as an elected church officer, conducting church services, and dedicating a Christian science church. Having women in both reader roles was common for small Christian science churches. Even the megachurch-sized First Church of Christ Scientists Seattle had two women readers conducting services in its earliest years when it was very small. It was normal for churches to have been initiated, organized, and established by women. But female influence was especially noteworthy for Tenth Church. Besides having been initiated by Mrs. Kane, organized by Mrs. Ross, Mrs. Ellis had overseen the construction project, perhaps the first female building committee chair for a Christian science church in Seattle, although not the last. Related to the topic of female firsts, coincidentally, around the time of their building project, the Edwin J. Ivey architectural firm that designed Tenth Church hired the first female graduate of the architecture program at the University of Washington, Elizabeth Ayer, who under Mr. Ivey's mentorship would become Washington State's first female licensed architect shortly after the Tenth Church Extension Project. The Tenth Church example showed that not all the Seattle branch churches needed or wanted financial support from the other churches. One way or another, independently or cooperatively, five more churches still needed to be dedicated. 
But even though the Seahurst Church paid its debts without help from the Joint Dedication Committee, it must have been encouraging to the committee members to have another dedication. And these in such rapid succession that it might have seemed that continuing success would be quick and easy. However, events would soon occur that would make achieving the goal of the Joint Dedication Committee more difficult. New financial demands on the churches, together with new supply problems. Even as the local church members came to more deeply appreciate the importance of dedication. But at this moment, less than seven weeks after the Black Thursday stock market crash, it was worth rejoicing that one more church was free from debt and dedicated. Tenth Church. Thanks for listening to Dedication by me, Cindy Safranoff. All events and characters in this story are as true and accurate as the available sources. All opinions are mine. To support and learn more about this groundbreaking research project and read my writing, visit cindysafranoff.com.